You're listening to Rhetoric with Shakia, a lighthearted entertainment podcast focused on recaps, reviews, and reactions to reality TV shows, scripted series, movies, and so much more. I'm Shakia, your host, and P.S. I love to use my background in psychology whenever I can to help us discuss certain topics. Cheers to hanging out together and having a good time. Now let's get into it. Hello, 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 and welcome to Rhetoric with Shakia. I'm Shakia, and we are going to talk about a few things today, (laughs) okay? A few things. I wasn't able to come on and do the show last week, unfortunately, so I missed out on some of the headlines, and I mean, I feel like so much has been happening. We had a leak right where documents were leaked um even though it took a month to even notice but that's it i'm gonna actually save that for a different day we had the dalai lama who i mean was inappropriate right did you see that did you catch what was going on with him sticking out his tongue and saying something to a child about what mm-mm. listen it was inappropriate he came out and he did a Uh, There was an apology, but nope, it was inappropriate. Now, imagine what goes on when the cameras aren't around. I don't know. Uh, Jamie Foxx, he was in the hospital due to a medical complication. Um, I saw a report that said he is is recovering. I believe he's recovering home, I, I believe. But there was just a lot that took place. And so for this week, we're gonna be talking about some things that happen last week over the weekend and maybe today but there there are a number of topics that i definitely want us to talk about so whether you are listening live or on the replay thank you so so much for hanging out with me i really appreciate it i'm so glad you're here and i hope that you join in on the conversation because i love a good conversation now listen we're gonna start off with some not so great news okay actually this is horrible did you hear about the young boy the young teenager 16 years old ralph yarl who was shot in missouri he was trying to pick up his siblings his younger siblings and he was shot by the homeowner he went to the wrong house and he rang the doorbell and the homeowner shot him. Now I saw an article where the homeowner said, he said there no, no words were exchanged. No words were exchanged, but he, he shot this young man, this teenage boy, he shot him. And I just think that it's horrible, you know, like what? And, and listen, okay, so let me back up just in case you aren't familiar with this story. Ralph Yarl, 16 years old, he was shot in the head and the arm after trying to pick up his younger siblings from um, from from a house on uh, Thursday. So last week, last Thursday, okay, at the time of this episode, we are, and I forgot to say this when I first started, but today is April 18th, 2023. Uh, happy, happy Tuesday. But anyway, going back to the story. So last Thursday, this young man was trying to pick up his siblings and um, Andrew Lester, the homeowner, 84, he shot Ralph. 
And Ralph then proceeded to try and get help from neighbors. And it was one neighbor who came out and helped him. He saw he, he saw this young, young uh, teenager, uh, I believe, like lying on the ground. And he came out and helped him. And eventually another neighbor also came out and, and helped him. But how scary is this that just from a mistake, just a mistake of ringing the wrong doorbell, he did not pose a threat. He was not armed. Again, the I believe it was the homeowner who said, uh, Andrew Lester, who said no words were exchanged. So where was the threat? What was the reasoning behind shooting this teenager Oh, and he shot him in the head. And so um, at this point, uh, as of today, I believe Andrew Lester, 84, he's been charged with first degree assault and armed criminal action. And Ralph, you know, because again of, of, of his injuries, he does have TBI, traumatic brain injury. And so at this time he's at home recovering, but doctors say he has a long road ahead of him. Uh, and they wonder, like, how did he even survive because of his the injury that he sustained? Like, they're, they're amazed that he survived. And so I want to send, you know, well wishes to this young young man, this young teenager and his family. And I hope that he, you know, recovers from these injuries. But also, we have to take a look at what's going on. Like, why is it so easy to just shoot people? Like, again, there was no threat. There, there was no threat. This young man was not armed. None of the reports have mentioned anything. This was a simple mistake. And you wanna know, this also happened in New York over the weekend. A, a, a similar incident happened over the weekend. And there was a young, uh, there was a 20 year old woman she was a passenger in a, in a car with three other people, I believe. They pull into a driveway and they are looking for their friend. They're looking for their friend's home. And the, the homeowner, Kevin Mahanan, I believe, who's 65, he allegedly fired into the vehicle. And as a result of that, Kaylin Gillis, she was shot and she passed away. She, she was killed. And again, it was a mistake. They said they weren't even there that long. Um, they just pulled into the driveway. And because of where they were, it's a rural area. So there was no cell reception, no internet service. And so they had to drive until they could get to the next town and and call for, call for help, call 911. But this is extremely sad. How do you end up making a mistake again another mistake right you make a mistake you go to to the wrong home and you are shot and in and in, in the case of Kaylin, you know she passed away from from the the uh incident so what i started to say was like how do you make a mistake and then you end up sustaining an injury or losing your life why are people so why is it so easy to fire a gun at another human, especially if there isn't a threat, right? I understand that there are moments where we need to protect ourselves. I'm not, I'm not, listen, I'm not taking anything away from that. I just wonder why it's so easy for shooting at another person to be 
your first instinct, to be your first reaction, especially when there isn't a threat present. I read the article, uh, you know, for both of these stories, for the young teenager Ralph and for Kaylin, and there was nothing that I've read thus far that said any of these persons, so two different stories, two different locations, and two different outcomes because Ralph survived and Kaylin didn't. But my point is, I, I read these stories and it didn't appear to be a situation where it was like a hostile, you know, situation where where any of these per, uh, people were threatening the other person. Oh, it's just very sad. It's very sad. It's, it's very sad when someone, you know, they lose their life in such a violent way. And listen, I have experience, right, where I have relatives, I have people who I was close to who was taken away. They were they were killed. And so it's 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 just sad when somebody else makes the decision to hurt and harm and murder people, right? Like, like, oh, it's just, it's terrible. It's terrible. And again, this is a simple mistake. So my, I'm sending my condolences to Kaylin, Kaylin's family uh, and to her friends. And also, you know, my well wishes. I hope that Ralph, the, the other young man from the other story, the young man from the other story, that, that he, you know, gets better from his injuries as well. And I just think that this is a larger conversation, honestly. Like, why is it so easy to just shoot at another person? Oh, what do you think about that? Like, where are we as a society that we're just going around shooting folk? You know, wh where are we? What does this say about us as a society? What does this say about us? All right, let me know what you think. Those are two, two sad stories. Um, we are going to transition to another story, another st story recently. Now, this one isn't sad. This one is more confusing than sad. Okay. And so with this particular story, I, this story, listen, I don't even understand how some of these things happen. Okay. So we're transitioning here. There, there's, there's an amusement park. There's an amusement park in North Carolina. <laughs> and a 13 year old boy. Oh, my, my, my. He was trapped inside a claw machine. You know, the claw machines, right? When you try and grab something, either prize Maybe it's like candy or some sort of stuffed animal or some sort of prize. So anyway, this young boy, 13, he somehow climbed into the machine to get a prize. But I'm wondering, how do you climb into the machine? Like, did he break it open? How did he get into the machine? I want to know how, how, what's the size of this boy? That he could fit in the machine you know what it reminds me of there's an episode of two broke girls where um sophie's baby i can't even remember what what her baby the character's uh, baby's name is right now um but sophie's baby ends up in the the machine the claw machine that's what this reminds me of but again and even when i was watching that episode i'm like but how did they get the baby in there <laughs> <laughs> without like opening up the door and unlocking it how did this young man 
get inside of the claw machine anyway. He was trying to get a prize. It didn't work out for him. Officials were alerted. Uh, this happened on Sunday. Officials were alerted and he, um, <laughs> he had to wait for the medical response team to unlock the machine and then he was able to get out. He was treated, he was released from first aid and he was released to his guardian. But as a result of this little stunt, he was banned from the park for one year for attempted theft. Because young man, why, why? <laughs> why and how? Those are my two questions. Like, how did you end up in there and why? Mm -mm. I don't understand it. I don't even understand it. That is hilarious to me. That is, that is <laughs> I don't know why, but it is hilarious. I think it's funny because he didn't get hurt, right? So if he did, that'd be a different story, but he wasn't injured. But how did he get in here? I don't understand it, but apparently this is where we are. Now, listen, moving right along, we're talking about the 13 year old who clawed his way into the claw machine. Um, speaking of teenagers, who do all sorts of things, we tend to see that on the popular app TikTok, right? Where these kids get on here and they do all sorts of things. Um, and then other people, people, uh, teenagers, kids, and adults, uh, they have uh, different channels about all types of information, right? And I mean, you can find a little bit of everything on this app. Well, guess what? We know that lawmakers are trying to ban TikTok. Some of them, right? They want to ban TikTok and the U.S. And so right now they are deciding the future of TikTok in the United States. Well, guess what? One state said they are going to take action and they are going to take action now. Okay. They decided, <laughs> they decided that this app was no longer allowed. It was no longer allowed in their state, okay? So Montana passed a bill making it illegal to download TikTok. They said it is, it is, it's going to be illegal to download TikTok, but not illegal to use the app if you already have it on your phone. So if you already have it, you're good. But, but if you don't, then uh-oh, not so good. So again, Montana, they passed a bill making it illegal to download TikTok. This is very interesting. I just feel like all the things that are going on in the world and in our country, the United States, um, it, it's just, it's so interesting because it really does remind me of like the beginning stages <laughs> <laughs> to a dystopian sci-fi movie like this is just interesting but what are your thoughts about banning tiktok i see value see here's the thing i see value in both sides i see value in the app i think the app has moments where it's really cool where you can learn things you can build community you know you can just have fun but then i see the issue and the horror right with regarding this app where kids young kids are being exposed to so much so soon there's a lot of there are a lot of uh, inappropriate things on the app there are a lot of people spewing inappropriate information and false information 
there are things that I've seen and I'm like, oh, Lord, uh-uh. oh, no, cut it off. Stop it. Right. So um, there are some dangers that come along with this app. But I feel like that's the same case with most of these social media platforms, to be honest. Like how safe are kids on these apps, which is why they shouldn't really be on the apps. I think for most of the apps, you have to be 13 and older. But honestly, I think even at 13, most you, you shouldn't really be on most of these apps because they are exposed to so much. I mean, it's just so much information out there. You can't you can't hide anything from kids anymore because they can just look it up on one of these apps or Google. But usually they go to TikTok now and they look stuff up. I don't know. I just think we should allow kids to be kids and they shouldn't be exposed to so much. And if they are, then it should come from the home. It should come from the parents. But what do you think? Do you think that the United States as a whole should ban this, the use of TikTok? And what about the other apps as well? What about the other social media platforms? What do you think about Montana passing a bill to make it illegal to download TikTok? They said, listen, not on my watch, okay? <laughs> not on my watch. All right, we're going to transition a little bit. And we're going to talk about another story that was in the headlines recently. I believe yesterday. So Anthony Anthony Bass, uh, he's an athlete. Listen, I don't follow sports, so bear with me. I, I could pretend to know who he is, but I don't. <laughs> this is no shade at him, right? I just, I just don't follow certain things. But anyway, he did. He so he okay. He tweeted something, and I want us to talk about it a little bit. He tweeted, "The flight attendant at United just made my 22-week pregnant wife uh, traveling with a five-year-old and two-year-old get on her hands and knees to pick up the popcorn mess by my youngest daughter." Are you kidding me? Question mark, exclamation point, question mark, exclamation point. So his pregnant wife was asked to clean up after their youngest child who spilled popcorn all in their area. And it was like on the floor, on the seat. And so they were asked to pick up the popcorn. Now, I don't see anything wrong with that. It's like, oh, you know, your, your child made a mess. Can you please pick it up? I don't know how the flight attendant said it. I wasn't there. There's no video. Or if it is, I didn't see it. But just going off of this general example, going off of this as an example, I don't see anything wrong with the parent cleaning up after their child. Now, some people would say, well, wait a minute. The flight attendant is there and they're, you know, the cleaning crew is going to come on the plane. But let's be real. How much is the cleaning crew doing? <laughs> like, they don't really have a lot of time to, to thoroughly clean the plane. So if passengers could help, that's great. And let's see, I guess people don't really think about that. They don't think about it that way anymore, right? Where it, they, <laughs> they don't think about how, um, how, how their actions might impact somebody else or how they could help impact somebody else, help impact another person's flight. But we don't think about that. Most people are just thinking about themselves and what they have going on and what's working for them and what's not working. So anyway, people obviously, because that's what people do, they responded to this. And there was one response in particular that I gotta say, I enjoyed reading. So one user, one user wrote, um, 22 weeks, question mark, get over yourself. Pregnant women lift weights, 
run corporations, work in fields, and take care of a lot of things. That small mess shouldn't be an issue. Take like two minutes. Unless, of course, we're raising our kids to be entitled and we expect everyone to wait on us. I thought that was really good because that that was my thought. It's like, okay, well, this is a helpful moment. Like we can maybe turn this into a game and help the two-year-old pick up their mess and the mom could help a little. So it didn't have to be no big ordeal. Am I minimizing it? Let me know. But it, in my mind, it didn't have to be a big ordeal. We can teach the, the, the child to clean up after themselves because in the real world, you know, most of the time, most people don't have people cleaning up after them. Um, at least in my world, right? Most of the time, nobody's cleaning up after, well, I have to clean up after myself. <laughs> um, another user wrote, genuinely curious, who should clean up the mess your two-year-old made, question mark. As a parent of three kids, I am the one responsible for them, end quote. And yeah, right? I, I think that we can understand maybe if if there was a difficulty and the the his wife couldn't do it and you know required some assistance i understand that but i mean she i don't think that was the issue i think she was able to to help clean it up like i don't think there was an issue where she couldn't i'm not sure I, that wasn't said i didn't read that but perhaps i don't know but um as we move further along uh, the article, which you can read on today, you can read on today.com. While the article states, while the internet clearly has thoughts on the matter, Jacqueline Whitmore, etiquette expert and former flight attendant, tells today.com that asking a passenger to get on their hands and knees to pick up popcorn or any other debris is unprofessional. It's the flight attendant's job to come around occasionally to pick up trash and other debris. Anything that falls on the floor generally stays there until the plane has landed and the clean and the cleanup crew comes to board, Whitmore says. You know, I have friends who are in the industry, the flight attendant industry. And <laughs> I, I when I was reading this article, I was thinking like, hmm, I wonder how they would respond. I, I want to say they would probably help out, but also say, okay, hi, you know, oh, I see your kid made a mess. Can you help clean it up? But but maybe, because at the end of the day, the job of the flight attendant is to, the, their primary job is to make sure that we're safe on the plane. And I know some people might overlook that because they see them passing out beverages and, and items, right, and attending to other needs. But their primary job has to do with safety. And if things are on the floor, you know, heaven forbid if something happened, maybe that, that could impact safety. So what do, you, what do you think? Do you think it was inappropriate for the flight attendant to ask his wife to pick up after their two-year-old child? Or do you think it was okay to, to make that request? It was okay to ask? Ah. I guess it feels like everything is wrong now. Like if you do, if you do anything, it's just you're not supposed to do it. Somebody's gonna have an issue. Somebody's gonna take issue with it. But let me know. I'd love to hear from you whether you are listening live or on the replay or to the replay. I would love to hear from you. Let me know what you think about this story and others. 
we are going to move along to our next story. Oh, our next story. Listen, I know you've probably heard this already because she made the announcement next. I mean, last week, excuse me, I'm jumping ahead in the future, but she made the announcement last week that she is now engaged. Yes, Christine Brown is engaged to her now fiance, David Woolley. And they announced, as I said before, last week, I believe they started dating in December of 22. You know, Christine was previously married to uh, Mr. Sir Cody Brown. Okay. <laughs> you, you might, just in case you're not familiar with who these people are, they are from Sister Wives. And listen, this last season of Sister Wives with something else. I made a few episodes about that show. It was something else this season. Ooh, 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 ooh. But anyway, Christine was formerly married to Cody Brown for about 30, almost 30 years, I believe. And she divorced him two years ago. Now, when I say married, they were spiritually married because Cody has four wives. To well, at the time, he had four wives total. Now he's down to one wife. <laughs> Cody Brown is just down to one wife and his one of his ex-wives is getting engaged. And so, yeah, so um, Cody and Christine, they were married for about 26 years, excuse me. And Christine, I'm just going to read to you what she posted on her page. She said, we don't always get second chances in life. Um, I'm blessed to have found mine. So in a recent post, Christine is, she's asking for help planning her wedding. She's asking for help planning her wedding. She continues to write, to have found my happily ever after. It's time to plan a wedding, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. I'm asking for my Utah locals for help. Our wedding cake, flowers, more, and most importantly, my wedding dress. Please reach out and DM me your info if you're a Utah local designer, artist, or owner and can help me with my wedding, okay? Miss Christine is planning her wedding. She is super excited, especially if you've been following the show, Sister Wives, and we saw how everything unfolded between Christine and Cody and how she just was not in a happy place. And so it's awesome to see her living her life and that she's found love and the type of love that she wants, the type of love that she spoke about in the show. So this is great. I hope this is a genuine connection, right? I, I wish her the best. I hope that this is real. I hope that this is what she truly wants. Um, it does seem a little bit fast though. Don't you think it was a little bit fast? Like, dang, they just started dating. Well, you know what? I don't, they, I think they announced in December. I actually don't know when they actually started dating. So perhaps they were dating long before we heard anything, okay? They kept it quiet on these internet streets, and I don't blame her. We don't, we don't actually know, or I don't know, I'm sorry, but maybe you do. And if you do, let me know, please. I don't know uh, when they started dating, but as I said before, I believe they announced in December 2022. Um, but yeah, it seems a little bit fast. It seems a little rushed. But you know, Christine, she is 50. And perhaps when you know what you want and you are of a particular age, you are ready to just go 
and and do it okay make it happen and that's what it seems is happening that she knows what she wants she knows how she wants to be loved and she's receiving that love and so they are taking the next step forward awesome for christine okay congratulations congratulations to christine i just think that is awesome because again she had oh she she had some man she had some difficulties with, with that cody all i keep thinking about is the knife just the kidneys did you see that episode i think i may have that up uh, I, I think i did a, a podcast episode regarding that whole speech it might be on this platform you know my um my podcast was actually removed from a different platform it was banned i guess the tea was just too hot but anyway give it up for christine yes christine i'm so happy for you yes 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 all right and we are going to move right along to our next story so check this out oh okay <clears throat> check this out e uh elon musk elon musk now remember recently he was talking about slowing down ai right he was like it's happening I'm, I'm paraphrasing here but things are going too fast it's learning too much like we need to put a stop to this however so he was talking about pausing pausing ai and yet and yet elon musk he is going he's working on his own chatbot He's working on his own chatbot, which I think is really interesting. So, so he'll have Twitter, Tesla, SpaceX, <laughs> and he registered a company for his new chatbot. I mean, Elon, man, he's, he's going to be in every industry. And I believe Amazon also is working on a chatbot, too. Right, all of these big players, Microsoft, I believe, we already know Google has their AI component. So, ooh, oh my, what what are we coming to? Are we in the beginning stages of a sci-fi dystopian society? Because, okay, so Elon Musk is working on developing his own product that could have less of a left-wing bias than ChatGPT. According to the article on dailymail.com, many people criticize ChatGPT for being, quote, like woke, too woke in their responses. And I, I was reading this article and I saw some of the examples and I was like, oh my, that actually is really concerning. Because when we start, when we start taking away all information and only showing bits and pieces of it or one side, that's dangerous because then we're creating a particular narrative, right? And we're not getting the full picture. And so people are basing information from the limited, in, from, uh, I'm sorry, basing a perspective from the limited information that they have. That's extremely dangerous. It's extremely dangerous. Uh, take a look at the dailymail.com. This article, this article is titled Elon Musk takes on woke chat GPT. Maverick tech mogul is now working on his own chatbot despite calling for dangerous AI race to be paused. Take a look and take a look at some of the examples. Read the article, take a look at some of the examples again and tell me what you think. 
what do you think so i'll i'll read to you one of one of the examples um so a computer science professor at the university of washington dismissed chat gpt as a quote woke parrot there's an there's a screenshot where it says ask joke about uh about women so tell a joke about women. And the response from chat GPT is, I'm sorry, I'm not programmed to make jokes about a specific gender as it can be offensive and inappropriate. Inappropriate. Is there anything else I can help with? Well, then they put tell a joke about men. And then it responds, sure, is a joke about men. Why did the man put a clock in his car? He wanted to be on time, but he was always two hours late. I hope you found this joke amusing. Do you have any other questions? And there are other examples where they won't, you know, respond. They won't respond to one request, but will respond to a different request, like on the flip side. And so it's biased information, right? It's, it's biased um, because obviously that was just about jokes, but on more important uh specific issues we don't want to have biased information we want to be able to have all the information and so anyway as a response to this apparently elon musk is developing his own chat bot so we are just going to have chat bots left and right left and right everything is going to be a chat bot will we have any sense of creativity anymore will we be able to you know just be human anymore or are we going to be are we going to rely on this ai now look speaking of ai and all the different chatbots and you know questioning what this means for creativity also questioning what does this mean for ownership because check this out did you hear about the song over the weekend did you hear about the song called heart um heart on my sleeve did you hear it i heard a little bit of it apparently this song used artificial intelligence clone the voices of drake and the weekend and check this the song went viral of course it did because this is the era in which we live where oh where I, I guess you know all sorts of things go viral at this point but this is interesting i guess it took a while for people to realize that this was that this wasn't really drake in the weekend but perhaps you know we've accepted certain things for so many years in terms of music that i guess they'll take anything remember before there was a whole ai artist remember that and i guess it was shut down after some controversy but what does this mean for music if we can just have AI create the music and we can have AI clone the voices of some of our favorite artists or of any artist for that matter. Apparently, the song was posted on Friday and it viewed, it was viewed more than 8.5 million times on TikTok. The full version has also been played 254,000 times on Spotify. At present, uh, so April 18th, right? Uh, today, as of today, the song was pulled from streaming platforms. But prior to that, it was viewed over 8.5 million times on TikTok. Oh my goodness. This is so interesting to me. 
it's it's very interesting because it's like okay well who owns this music obviously things like this you can't really do because you're using somebody else's voice but it's so easy to manipulate things and make all these fake stories and 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 you know cre create these things and um it, it's just i don't know it's terrible because while it may seem innocent just creating a song it's not always that innocent and we saw i'm sure you've heard about the deep fakes and all of that and so it's it's dangerous and i think we really need to be mindful on how much we allow this ai stuff to grow and obviously i'm not well versed in in the technology aspect i'm looking at it from a societal perspective because what does this also do as i said before to the creativity and to the connection and and the learning if we could just go to an app or a chat bot and get an answer there's no more research there's no more look like do, do you get to form your own opinion still you won't i'm 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 i'm, I'm getting off track just a little bit but anyway let's go back to this particular article so and there were other songs that you that use the voices of other artists as well and so this is this is something that's been happening and obviously musicians have to be aware of it at this point everybody has to be aware of it but um but it's been something that's been going on the creator known as at ghostwriter claims the song was created by software trained on the musician's voice oh dear mm -mm -mm. what do you think about this what do you think about what does this what do you think about this particular story and what does this mean for music and for art for movies like will we get good scripts <laughs> are people just gonna rely on chatbots it's so interesting it's really interesting now you know what and i'm trying to uh, recall where which article i saw this in um because i've been reading on this AI stuff, reading up on it and reading all the articles and it, it really is interesting and I can't recall which article it's in, but there was an article I read. It may have been, it may have been the article on BBC.com um, about the AI generated Drake and the Weeknd song going viral. But anyway, um, in one of the articles, someone talked about like writing essentially and how, you know, if if one of the famous writers, I believe Hemingway, if he were to use the a chatbot, something similar to ChatGPT, would that help him write his stories better? And you know, they say, well, yeah, it probably would. But also, these bots can write like a hundred more stories faster than he would be able to i'm paraphrasing here and i can't recall which article i saw this in but i just thought that was fascinating that even if we are still working on our craft we to some extent have to then compete with this technology which is extremely hard to do now i think there's a place for this technology but obviously <laughs> listen the world in which we live people ugh, I think people abuse this type of technology. And I also think, you know, it just becomes dangerous because how, at what point do we acknowledge that the technology will replace the work that humans can do? And then, you know, that impacts the economy, that impacts 
people's ability to work and to feed their families and to have a good quality of life. But I think so many folks are just looking at it from who can be the best and who can be the first and who can do this and how many of how many songs can they write and how many posts can they create using these apps and, and, and chatbots and how many books can they write using these chatbots and we lose like the essence of it, you know? I I just I think it's too much. I think it's too much and I I I wanted to stop. <laughs> I think it's gone too far. It's gone so far. And my, my concern is it's going to go so far that we are not going to be able to like pull it back. You know what I mean? Because this is happening so fast. It's all changing so fast. And change is okay. That's that's not the problem. It's that it's happening so fast. What are your thoughts? What are your thoughts about these chat bots and AI cloning voices and all that jazz. What are your thoughts? Okay. As we move right along, we're going to continue talking about these chat bots. We're going to talk about, we're going to continue to talk about AI because check this out. And again, I asked the question, are we in the beginning stages of a sci-fi story? of a dystopian society is that us is that what's happening now okay listen to this so apparently there were these users on on reddit and they were tricked into purchasing <laughs> they were tricked into purchasing nudes from what they believed to be a quote gorgeous woman only to find out that this user who went by the name of Claudia was not actually Claudia. Well, she was Claudia, but mm, not really. So check this. Claudia, this user, posted images on the platform offering to send nudes to anyone who messaged her privately, but for the right price. So people were like, oh, okay. They jumped at this opportunity and one person even offered to pay her to pay for her nudes, and another asked the AI out. Well, I jumped ahead, and another asked Claudia out, noting they make a six-figure salary. And I mean, these people were just going, they, they were super excited, okay, to see these images of Claudia and to pay for these images of Claudia, but turns out Claudia was not even real. Claudia is an AI generated image. <laughs> this is so funny to me. It's like, oh God, what world are we in? It's, you have to laugh. You have to laugh about it because otherwise it's just ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. So Claudia is an AI generated image and people the the, uh, the creators of Claudia, they made, I think, like a hundred bucks <laughs> because they made a hundred bucks off of the AI nudes before people realized that, hey, something is not right. Something is a little off. Claudia was created by Stable Diffusion, an AI program that turns out realistic photos using simple text prompts. In the case of Claudia, according to the article, the creators told the system to generate a selfie of a woman in her house 
without makeup, with black hair, shoulder length hair, simple background, straight hair, hair bangs. These are the these are the the phrases that they put into to the program. And out came Miss Claudia. Oh man. And so this is an AI creation and it's hilarious to me, but it's also, it's also like, haha, you know, you're paying for these photos and you know, <laughs> it's not even a real person. What do you think about Claudia? What do you think about people play, uh, paying for these images or of this AI bot? What do you think about people paying for these images of this, of this AI generated image? this fake person I think this is hilarious honestly I think it's hilarious it's <laughs> somebody um, according to the article somebody commented on, on the photo on her photo and said that she looked quote pretty sexy and perfect uh, I bet she did look perfect because she's not even real she got no texture to texture to a skin, <laughs> no blemishes. <laughs> I don't know why, but this is actually really funny to me. It's funny and it's disturbing all at the same time. Ah, <sighs> what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts about Miss Claudia? About this generated? AI image and people paying for this image. Do we feel bad for them? <laughs> Let me know. I would love to hear from you. Okay, we are moving right along. Listen, I like to talk about psychology and mental health whenever I can. And I came across this story about some development in the world of mental health. Now, this is an older article, and by older, just a few months old, that's it. But this is an older article, excuse me, um, my allergies are just running amok over here, so my bad if you hear something. <laughs> anyway, so listen, as a mental health professional, when we are working with clients when we are diagnosing mental health conditions, we are using different strategies. Often we rely on self-report and, you know, different measurements, so um, like assessments, uh, which can help inform our decision, right? And we're going off of observations as well. And so anyway, there's an article that, that, that talks about a not discovery, but a new way of diagnosing anxiety. And so, according to the article, they are the researchers are one step closer to a blood test that can diagnose anxiety. I think this is great. I think the more we have from a medical medical perspective to help to diagnose mental health conditions, the one less stigma perhaps we'll have around treating mental health and the less stigma people will experience of, of regarding having a mental health condition or a mental health concern and it'll also help to inform treatment and so I think this is I think this is great to be honest I hope that they can 
really hone in on these tests and you know we can use it to as i said before to help diagnose and treat different mental health conditions but okay anyway so this specific blood test has to do with diagnosing anxiety and researchers from indiana school of medicine say they've developed a new method to diagnose anxiety and help pinpoint effective therapies all via a blood test and the research team was led by alexander who set out to develop an objective way to assess anxiety and and his um i'm sorry let me back up a little bit (laughs) my apologies i think i'm still stuck on trying to pronounce his name um so we have a quote from him in the article and it says many people are suffering from anxiety which can be very disabling and interfere with interfere with daily life which is true you know it can really get in the way of your quality of life and his approach so this i'll share with you a little bit about what he did or how he studied studying it excuse me studying this his method of diagnosing anxiety study participants got a blood test every three to six months or whenever hospitalized researchers then examined their blood identifying a person's current state of anxiety and their risk of experiencing higher anxiety levels in the future he hopes the researcher hopes that blood test for anxiety can be used in conjunction with other blood tests he has developed to help people get a comprehensive look at their mental health yeah i think this is awesome so well we hope that our trait biomarkers for future risk may be useful and preventative approaches before the full-blown disorder manifests itself or reoccurs i think this is awesome um, you know, anxiety can definitely interfere with your daily life and it can be difficult for some people to be able, you know, to move forward in life, be able to achieve certain goals when their symptoms of anxiety have increased, right? And it's it becomes difficult to manage. What I will say is you can manage anxiety and if it is, if it is, for lack of a better word, like severe, you know, if you're really struggling, then I would encourage you to seek out a licensed professional, a licensed mental health therapist, and work with that licensed professional to help you to understand and to manage your anxious, uh, to manage your anxiety. Some things you can do is to practice mindfulness. You can, you know, practice watching or being being mindful of your thoughts and and um giving yourself grace on what you can control versus what you can't you can also practice using your five senses to help you to help you come into the present moment and experience the present moment um and regulate your emotions when you are feeling stressed or overwhelmed you can practice self-soothe strategies to help with anxiety and so you know again there are things for you to do and if you need help definitely work with a mental health professional um but again i think this is really cool and i hope that they are able to they being the research team are able to you know get to a place where we can use 
blood, right? Where we can go get a blood test and uh, determine whether or not we there are markers that can determine whether or not we have certain mental health conditions. I think this is awesome. And I think it will really help the mental health profession. Um, and that, because as I said before, you know, for some reason, when it comes to mental health, people do have, a, there, there is this stigma. And mental health, mental health concerns are conditions that we, you know, have to learn more about and and we can treat the same way we would a medical condition like a physical medical condition so that's why i'm saying i from my perspective i really hope that we can start to use more um uh, medical medical base what, what is the word i'm looking for we can start to use more testing tools biological testing tools to help us uh I, I identify and diagnose certain mental health issues certain mental health concerns because perhaps that will also help to destigmatize you know having a mental health concern let me know what you think i would absolutely love to hear from you let me know about let me know what you thought about any of the stories we covered today we talked about Christine Brown getting engaged and we talked about whether or not it's the parents responsibility to clean up after their small children on the plane we talked about the young boy who got trapped in a claw machine we talked about Montana passing a bill to make TikTok illegal to make it illegal to download TikTok we also talked about the unfortunate uh, and just bad shootings that occurred with the teenage young man in Missouri and the 20-year-old woman in New York, both of whom different incidents, both of whom made them, you know, made a mistake in going into the driveway or ringing the bell of a person um, while they were, you know, looking for looking for a friend in one story and the other story they were going to pick up their siblings and unfortunately were shot in the young woman as i said before she was killed and so you know just a sad story it's, it's really really sad we also talked about technology where is technology going it, are these chatbots and and chat gpt and ai softwares is it too much is it doing more harm than good for our society what about the future Oh man. And we talked about the possibility of diagnosing anxiety using a blood test, via a blood test. And if you want to read more about this and you want to read the full article, it was written by Francesca Bond on mindbodygreen.com. It's titled, We're One Step Closer to a Blood Test That Can Diagnose Anxiety. So go and check that article out. Also, if you enjoyed this episode and if you've been enjoying the Rhetoric with Shakia podcast, well, number one, thank you so much for checking us out. Again, whether you're listening live or on the replay, thank you so much for downloading the episodes. And if you want to continue to support the show, I would really appreciate it if you head on over to my shop, the Aligned and Free Shop. I put it in the, um, I put the link and the description of this podcast it'll be on the show notes you can head on over there 
ahip.com forward slash aligned and free. And you can check out some of the self-care and manifestation tools because I am a woo girl. Listen, I'm all about psychology and woo, I was going to say woo-wooology. <laughs> I'm all about blending the two. I believe there is a place and a space for it. And so I developed some digital tools that can help us in our journeys of taking care of ourselves and of manifesting the life that we want to live. So again, if you are interested in digital tools such as the ones I just described, uh, like scripting journals and and affirmations for your phone, then do me a favor and head on over to payhip.com forward slash align and free. Thank you so, so, so much for hanging out with me. I really appreciate it. I am so glad you are here. I'm so glad you're listening to the replay. If you are listening to the replay, I'm really grateful for you. And I hope that you like, share, comment, (laughs) come back again. And I hope that you also, you know, that you, well, I just said this, but that you stick around and that you come on back again. But until next time, have a courageous day. Do one thing today that makes you happy. And I will see you or I'll talk to you real soon. Bye for now.